0: Ed, it's great to be with you this morning. My name is Sue Parks. I'm the CEO of Orange County United
1: Way. Great to be with you as well, Sue. Thank you for taking the time this morning. I know you've got a lot on your plate, obviously, given what you do and given the, the pandemic and the, and the world as we live in now. Um, before we go into that, and I'm sure I, we'll probably spend a little bit of time there, I'd love to hear your thoughts about um, some of the inspiring stories and people that you're meeting and things that you're getting an opportunity to do as we go into this conversation. But I'd love to just start with, I know you went to University of Iowa. So I went to, to Iowa you,
0: State. Uh, I Iowa State. State. I'm a cyclone.
1: Okay, I'll have to edit that out right away. So, <laughs> so did you grow up in the Midwest or what's your background?
0: I did, I, I grew up in Rockford, Illinois and my 93 year old mom still goes back and forth between Rockford and Florida every year. She's a snowbird. So I still wow. go visit Rockford several times a year.
1: Nice. My dad's 93, so we have that in common. So he's right here in Fullerton, though. We, we actually um, see him regularly. We're doing a lot of these little um, socially responsible dinners in the parking lot of various restaurants. You know, we'll park a couple of spots away, open our windows, and go in and, and, and get a meal and then sit out there and ta- talk with him. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, so, Illinois. So, tell me about growing up in Illinois. Obviously, the weather's a little bit different there. I've spent a lot of time in, in the Chicagoland area. So know it pretty well, but tell me about your upbringing and your family.
0: Oh, well, um, I'm the youngest of four children, um, pretty traditional family. My dad had an amazing story, and he's one of my inspirations. He um, started off with nothing, not really family that cared about him. World War II obviously mm-hmm. happened, and um, he came back got a job as a truck driver, again, so somebody that had no parental support really of any kind. And um, through all of that, he um, met my mom through friends and um, one day the owner of the business that he was working for needed somebody to help lock up the building and my dad offered to do it. And so he became kind of a trusted um, go-to person for the owner of the company and rose, because of that stepping forward that initiative and ended up, um, owning the business. Um, so, uh, um, just a wonderful story of somebody that really grew up on the streets to being, you know, in, in Rockford, Illinois, um, providing his children a really nice life.
1: Nice. So the youngest of four brothers and sisters, or what's the combination there and tell me a little bit about that dynamic. I'm the youngest of five. So, so far our stories are matching a little bit here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Were you held over the balcony by your older brother by one leg when your mom was at home? And did that knowing
1: (laughs) knowing my brothers, I I I don't know that story, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear that story someday. There were my I had my version of those types of things. But
0: yeah, yeah. or boy calling when I was a bashful teenager and the boys throwing the phone against the wall, you know, kind of a thing like you know, scaring the boys away. Yeah.
1: So they were protecting you.
0: Yeah, yes. In a protective
1: environment. Go
0: with that. They were protected.
1: Yeah, yeah let's anyway, change the paradigm, think, right?
0: Yes, I say uh, all this in um, As all families have, we have our dynamics, but sure, um, I love my siblings, and yeah. most of the time they love me. So it's, uh, but we have, um, I have an older sister and two brothers that were in the middle, and then myself. And I am the only one that ended up, um, Living out in the West Coast, I had a brother that lived in Oregon for years, but he has sub- subsequently has moved back to Illinois and Florida. There's a combination, all of them sure. in and Florida. Yeah, um, And um, my college, after college, I was interviewed in the college recruiting when companies used to come. I don't know if they still do, but back in the day, Ed.
1: Exactly. Um, they yep. come, yep.
0: and um, they would interview, and I had a couple offers, and I took a job with Armstrong World Industries, which Armstrong, creator of the indoor worlds like flooring and okay, airplanes. sure. And they took 18 of us from around the country in the flooring division, and that was the big division. So, out I was that yeah kind of thing, but nice. You had to walk with your head down because you were looking at floors, but anyway, you're a small
1: town girl anymore. Now you're in the big city.
0: Well, I was sent yeah. for four months to Lancaster, Pennsylvania for training hmm. and they trained like, you know, um, they were called marketing reps, but basically we were salespeople, right? But yeah. you learned um, the a product knowledge and also just, you know, I think some really good kind of fundamental skills of interacting, you know, in a business relationship and all of that. But anyway, the only thing I say about this is because I was Midwest through and through. My high school girlfriends and I, we still Zoom on Saturdays. Um, We are tight. Um, My family aren't tight and all of that. But I wanted to stay in the Midwest so badly. And every week, the head of sales would come in and meet with us individually, ask how our experience was, what we needed, and then where would we like to be assigned once we got through our training program, and I said, I'll go to the Midwest, I'll go any place, mm-hmm. anybody yeah. does not want to go, I'll go to Columbus, I'll go to Peoria, I'll go to wherever, you name it, and they sent me to California, of course, they sent me to Fresno, <laughs>
1: Ooh, well, that's the middle of the state, that's kind of close, right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: not the California you saw on TV shows, yeah, and Beverly and the
1: Hillbillies, and, and everything else,
0: blanket kind of thing going on, yeah. yeah, but, so I paid my dues in Fresno for two years, and, then um, ended up going to the Bay Area and
1: all yeah. that. Well, I have family her- heritage in Nebraska, so we're rivals already there between the Nebraska-Iowa thing, but um, I've often heard Orange County referred to, and I, I feel it as well because i spent a lot of time in the Midwest, that there's some values and some culture in Orange County, maybe a little different today, but I know when I was growing up here, because I grew up in Fullerton, I'm an Orange County guy through and through, it has somewhat of a Midwest feel. At least in Fullerton where I grew up, everybody kind of knows everyone, Um, we are a melting pot, as you obviously know, probably better than I do, given what you do for the county, but it seems like we have more and more people from the Midwest, or more of those Midwest values here in Orange County, it feels to me anyway.
0: Yeah, well, I would say the generosity and the caring for one's neighbors, I've seen this more and more as, especially now, with the pandemic going on, um, people stepping forward and helping, and the sense of community I think is strong. So yes, I see those values um, being played out.
1: So in your childhood growing up uh, with the siblings and and a dad who rose the ranks and so forth, um, talk to me a little bit about maybe some of the early leaders or mentors that you've had, because you're in a role now. I know people who work with you and for you and a lot of people in the community that work around you who see you as a mentor. And we'll get into that too in a little bit but first start with how how you were influenced who were some of the people whether it was family or anybody that you maybe we've all heard of anyone at all that comes to mind for you when i talk about maybe early on in your life mentors or leaders that that you tried to pattern yourself after
0: yeah i just I, i think there is something to be said by the um midwest work ethic that you hear about and so i and certainly as i've already said i was inspired from my dad you know that Um, work and also kindness, helping people and, you know, quietly helping where you can and all of that. And my mom is an inspiration to me to this day. Um, She is all about family and the importance of family and being kind and helping. So I was very blessed to have those two, I think, as distinct um, role models. And I said, I have this great group of friends still, to just say there are nine of us, so our clip, (laughs) our clip stayed strong. They clicked. nice. And um, out of that, there were different parents, you know, we knew each other's parents. Unfortunately, many have passed away by now, but um, so we learned a lot from each other. We learned a lot from each other experiences. So I think that was all kind of part and parcel of growing up in a in a community where people kind of looked after each other. Sure. Um, I will say my mother's brothers are extraordinary. And from being from the Midwest, there's farming roots. And my mom grew up on farms. And my two uncles and um, one amazing gentleman passed away last November at 89. But my other uncle is still alive. And up until now, the one that's still alive and the one that passed away until he passed away, worked their farms they worked their property wow. i mean they were, it was you know you did what you had to do and you you know you paid your dues you worked through the good times and the bad times and i feel like i was surrounded by that work ethic and
1: yeah.
0: that work and kindness
1: yeah so you're surrounded by people that you're close to you you i know i've always stayed really close to a core group of my friends from southern california you know guys that i guys and girls that I, I grew up with. And I always thought, well, maybe I'm just close to them because we all still live nearby. I, I wonder how rare it is in your situation. You grew up a couple thousand miles away yet you're still close. And I'm guessing that core group of nine is scattered around the country would be my Absolutely. hunch just based on what you, what we would assume. But you're,
0: but you're from Rockford, Illinois. <laughs> they scatter. Study, Most people scatter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. Yeah, I, I, that, that fascinates me because as I'm hearing you talk and you're sharing about your background and your upbringing, I can see a lot of little threads of things that probably happened in your life as a young child and as an adolescent and, and in college and the friendships that you've made and that you've held on to, how that really ties into what you do now because you know heading up you know, one of the top foundations here in Orange County, if not in the country, certainly it's about relationships. Um, you wouldn't be able to do what you do if you weren't a, uh, just a, almost a master at building and maintaining relationships so obviously you were groomed for that growing up it sounds like what uh, what drew you to your current role in the united way or how did you I, I i've looked at your linkedin and i know a little bit of the background but i'd love to hear from your words you know just what drew you into the nonprofit sector from you know working in the wood floor industry to now running orange county united way there's a lot of A lot of gaps between. A lot of gaps, a lot of
0: gaps. It's a lot of years to fill out. That's
1: not what I mean. I just don't have enough enough
0: time to go through it all. But the, um, I was corporate America for years. So after my first year, I, then I started, you know, rising up in, in sales, you know, regional sales managers, VPs, that kind of thing. And then I took a first general manager role with a company I was with, um, where I actually had the full P&L in terms of that, and so from there um, I ended up uh, probably many years of that I look at really um, kind of helped me form my leadership style. I mean everything you learn along the way. But I worked for US West, the telecom, for mm-hmm. a number of years, and um, and in my last couple of years, I was the head of our business and government solutions group, which was the it's about billion, $2.4 billion part of US West, the telecom, and work with all of our business clients. Um, and so that was really foundational. And But what I've been doing in all my corporate, my husband and I decided we were going to live in Orange County, and my companies seem to always move me or have me work somewhere else. So but they were incredibly wonderful opportunities. And so we made it work. And so I did a lot of community, um, in my corporate life, my companies would put me on boards where I really didn't have any connection. Like I was on the downtown Denver development board. I didn't live in, Denver. I mean, I have a place there that I stayed during the week, but, um, the Phoenix symphony, the uh, Arizona state, um, advisory board or whatever of course. It was all the logical just, things yeah oh yeah. yeah because yeah. and so nothing i did what i needed to do for the company and supported and again i was brought up to work hard and care um but nothing really touched my heart um i had been a united way donor and it was in back in the day which is not the way it is these days so anybody listening it's not the way it is where mm-hmm. your companies would almost say you know you need to give but what it did. Is it inspired me to give through my paycheck giving, and then I started to learn more about the work they were doing again in Denver and then in in San Diego. Um, and so I hadn't, even though we lived in Orange County, I had not done anything here. But I believed in the United Way and and the promise to this day is I'm like, how would I know what's most important in the community? I'm working. It's not my full-time job at that moment. Mm -hmm. And I, I, everything can touch your heart, but I really, maybe it's the business in me. I I want the stories. I want the heart, but I want the accountability. I want the outcomes. I want everything measured. I want to make sure that, um, there's that, um, that the money is making a long-term sustainable difference and yeah. not just, you know. Not just a little, I, yeah, I, but you're
1: actually, you're actually making an,
0: an impact, right? sure. So, So that concept really appealed to me from a business person. And then what happened was, is there been an article about me in the paper, this is in the early 2000s, and somebody from the United Way here in Orange County read it and somehow found my phone number. I have no idea how they did this to this <laughs> day. Nice. Um, because I hadn't been giving here, but I, it was clear I lived in Orange County.
1: Yeah.
0: I said, hey, there's been a couple women giving circles that have started with United Ways on the East Coast. There's nothing on the in the West. And we're interested if you would be willing to help us think about starting that here in Orange County. And I said, I don't know anybody. I've yeah. said this before other people, Ed, but it really was true. I know my family. I know um, the cleaners. I know United Airlines. I know the front desk people. Yeah, you can get to it from the
1: airport. Yeah.
0: You know, this is my world. You know, it's very small in Orange County, Um, but I really got intrigued because I thought I really would love to get to know more people. And we started talking about all the women that were probably out there like me that no one had ever really asked to get involved, asked to step up outside their company. And so the more I, I heard, I I said yes. And so I started um, with the United Way, um, the Women's Philanthropy Fund, which goes strong. In fact, our breakfast right. is next, our annual breakfast where we share with the community. We've gone virtual for mm-hmm. this year, of course, Next week. next week, yep. please join.
1: Yeah, um, that's the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar event, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, about that. but it was just this wonderful opportunity. There were nine women as we started and we grew it to over a hundred women. Um, as part of this, and um, it just got me so involved, and I ended up getting so many women involved, and meeting so many that are my dearest friends here in here in Orange County and anywhere. I've just met so many wonderful women who um, care about the community, successful care, you know. They've um, and it just it became part of my life, and it just became something that you could see the difference we were making every year. As we did more together, so um, so after I'd been on getting that start for a couple of years, um, I you know was asked to join the board because I was getting so many new people involved in the organization and so at that time, I would started my own company and I was doing that, and I was I got involved in the board. Um, and you know, it was just one of those Max Gardner who was fantastic, the CEO before me. Um, said he was retired and I kept going home every night and we had on talking to my husband about who should um, be and what we need to do and blah 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 and he's like why don't you go for it you love that organization so much so I applied and they put me through a very rigorous process because I had been on the board and so it was as transparent and difficult of a process as they could make it to go through sure. I could uh, uh, go through any scrutiny. But I love the organization. I've loved it from day one. I love the work we're doing now. And I, it's in my blood. What can I say?
1: Yeah. Can you talk about the four different components of United Way? I know you've shared with me and I'd love to get the message out and then my follow-up question. Well, I'm not going to tell you yet my follow-up question, but I know hopefully I'll remember it after you tell, but share what the four components of United Way are for those who don't know.
0: Yeah. So back in 12, um, December twelfth and thirteenth, and I was involved in this as a board member. We went through an eighteen-month strategic planning process, much like any like you would do in a company. Mm-hmm. And out of that, we were we were focused on if we wanted the he- what we we want the headlines to read in 2024, 10 years from when we were going to launch this plan. And really, it ended up being we wanted the next generation to be able to live healthy, happy, self sufficient lives. So in that spirit, we said, okay, what would we need to start working in now? What would be measurable goals that we would need to achieve to be able That's to make a difference? And we focused around education, um, income, so financial stability when we say income, health and primarily children's health and housing. And housing was really started on the housing insecure children in schools, which is still so vast and huge right.
1: Yeah. I'll just look around a little bit to see the issue now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the, you know, we really started taking a look seriously at the homelessness issue a couple of years ago that you're familiar with. And right. our work there has really been um, kind of like groundbreaking what we're doing in terms of helping the homeless. So education, income, health and housing are our four pillars.
1: Excellent. All right. So I will ask the follow-up question and, and, um, I've heard a lot of people talk about, I, I'm around like you, I'm around a lot of people, leaders throughout Orange County and Southern California and around the country really, who are maybe at that point in their career where they're ready to, and I, I use the term give back. It's easy for a lot of people to just write a check and call that giving back and that's wonderful and we need obviously funding in a lot of different areas. Um, but for someone who is considering where they should put their time away from work, one of the questions I've often heard asked is what breaks your heart? And the answer to that question oftentimes can take you down the path where you might want to spend your time. So Sue, if I ask you that question, what breaks your heart? Um, what's the first thing that comes up for you?
0: Mm, you know, I guess um, <laughs> I get weepy <laughs> a lot. So this
1: is <laughs> so do I. Just so you know. probably <laughs> gonna get me to cry now. Great. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I. You know, maybe maybe this is just. Um, uh, and I, I would say right now in terms of with the homeless situation, but it, I really, I, I'm distraught at how many senior and seniors are homeless.
1: We both and, have ninety-three-year-old dads, so we can relate. Yeah. to, You know, they're in a good situation, but what if they weren't?
0: Yeah, and um, my my mom, but yes, yes, mom is right. that, yeah. that type of thing. But yeah, so um we, we just housed two senior, when I say senior, one was in her late 50s, one was 60, but women in, in our Welcome Homeless Seed program, and things like that make me cry, and I'll tell you that story, because I think it's yeah. amazing. It's, um, I was at one of our donor events, and I was sharing about our Welcome Homeless Seed program, where we're housing people in private apartments, so we're working with the Apartment Association, we're working with private apartment owners, and we ensure everybody has a case manager so somebody's looking in on that person so they can be successful in a in a scattered site in a unit you know on their own somebody needs to look in and make sure whether they're taking their meds or they're eating properly or you know getting into a routine so so having a unit a place for somebody to live and that case management come together and make a can make a magical situation and so i was talking about some of the people that we were helping and this young man that um is one of our donors through a company that we work with he um heard that and he came up to me at the end of the program and just said you know my mom is needing to move into assisted living and i was going to put her two-bedroom apartment for around and so could i put that into the program and i'm like oh my gosh this is incredible so he, he went into the program and it's great for a, a somebody who owns a property because you're guaranteed rent because these people have vouchers. They have vouchers from the government to pay rent. Right. But the, there were two sisters that ended up going in this two bedroom and they were these elderly women that had ended, not elderly, I take that out of my conversation, Ed. they I were. Um, yeah. Yeah, they were, um, they, they were, had been helping their elderly parents is what i meant to say they've been helping their elderly parents who passed away and the father had a reverse mortgage and they didn't know the money was running out and all these other things and they ended up with hardly anything out and they'd been living basically homeless and in shelters for um, years Long and time, yeah. back like that they now have a place to live um and they have been like on the street in car in a shelter Things like that break my heart when I hear that and it brings me tears of joy to know that there are people out there like Matt who said, oh yeah, why not have my apartment of my mom's be used for this?
1: Yeah. One of the the joys in your position, I would imagine, and I, I get that it's a talent that you have is as a connector looking for areas that ha- have a need and getting to know people who have the capability to fill those needs must be a, a big part of what you do. and probably brings you a lot of joy to just know that, Hey, I, and I know that's not necessarily a scenario where you jumped in and, and stirred the pot and made all of it happen, but you're inspired by those stories. I w- is connector, would that be one of the ways that you would describe yourself?
0: I try to be, I try. I mean, I, I don't think I'm perfect at it at no, all, yeah. all the time. Right. But, um, Yeah, it it seems like when you can bring the right people together in the room or get the right people talking together, magic happens, and and that is wonderful to have the ability to sometimes help in that way.
1: Sure. Speaking of magic, there's certainly a lot of magic happening right now. I know that, you know, we're in this COVID-19 crisis that no one really knows when it's going to end. As we were talking about before we started recording today, you know, the the latest news from LA County that this is going to go through July. I know we're Orange County, but you figure if it's L.A. County, chances are Orange County is probably – we're a little ways away from, from the, the, um, the dust lifting, so to speak. I've come across you in a few community events recently, um, you know, obviously the Nailing It for America with our good friend Tam and his, and his family and his colleagues go there if you want to, or have there been stories that have just really inspired you through all of this and and what what comes to mind when you think about how you've been inspired or maybe even changed as a result of what's happening around us right now?
0: Well, I am, so I'll talk about two things. One, um, certainly Tam and what Tam went and um, all his amazing friends and the and the beauty supply that nail industry have been doing. is fantastic. I love their name, Nailing It For Healthcare. Perfect,
1: right? I know, absolutely. Yeah, duh, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but um, the fact that, they're, that they've reacted so quickly in terms of repurposing all their supplies and getting the supplies out, whether masks or antiseptics or whatever, they were getting out to all the healthcare workers, the frontline workers, I think is so great. We uh, are delighted to help um, nailing it for healthcare workers and bring more visibility to their work and also help them connect with the mother of the frontline workers out there, which are the shelter providers. Um, so many times they're not necessarily who you think of as a frontline healthcare care worker. Right. Folks that work in the homeless shelters all day or the um, shelters that help so many people for so many different reasons. Um, they all need the masks, they all need, um, you know the disinfectants they all need support um they all need to be fed and i love that nailing it is doing all that and that we can be a small part of that is awesome so love 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 that effort and getting um more more folks connected um with the work that they're doing i think the other thing that when we realized this was happening and we know that we don't have the means root Remotely and that government really needs to step in and help so many. But we also know that sometimes things don't happen really quickly um, when you're waiting for assistance, maybe from government and we need to do something to help people who needed help now. And so in a very quick time, um, we put together our pandemic relief fund and one prong of that fund is around homelessness prevention and we certainly wanted to do whatever we could to get um, cash in the hands of people who we knew were trying to get their lives back in order so these are people that are currently paying rent or have a mortgage right they're currently housed Um, and we don't want any more people to become homeless right Right. we don't want another soul if possible it's going to be hard right now but what can we do to help so we started the Um, our homelessness prevention effort, which is a $500 debit emergency assistance card. And we reached out to our, certainly our, the service providers we work with through United 10 Homelessness, which there were 37. And I think in the first week that we offered this, um, where they have people on their teams that are the case managers working with the people who need help. So they know them, they know their stories, they know what they're up against. So it's not you know, because there's so many people out there, and sure. again, having somebody that knows what that person is going through, and that um, that they will use this money to help them pay the rent, the utilities, put food on the table for their families. Um, so through that effort, and then we started um, a, another prong in that program through two one one, where it's actually we have an app created that our team can then manage and have people who are self refer can upload, and again. Not anything that anybody needs to know all the back details, but through those programs, we've been able to help. As I sit here today, 1,355 families with $500 worth of assistance.
1: I saw your video yesterday. That's uh, that's pretty impressive.
0: Stories, and I held up, I held up this article from um, Register. Register. What is the power of $500 right now? Yeah. and stories like this break your heart too the story of Ashley and like mm-hmm. trying to divide finally gotten her life in order place of her own an infant and a toddler and try to keep the infant in diapers while she lost her job and all that while she was trying to get her unemployment benefits straightened up that we were able to help her stay housed and have the peace of mind and know her baby was taken care of and all that just means the world to me. And that is only way we can do that is because of generosity and whether it's five dollars or five hundred thousand dollars, we so appreciate everyone who's been part of this effort. And we know we need to keep it going because we know not everybody's lives are magically going to be fixed on May fifteenth to August thirty first, whatever the whatever the
1: date ends ends up being, sure. And if there's the next wave,
0: who knows, right? And um And there's so many people who are really trying and they felt like they had everything kind of on track and just got bumped. There's the newly vulnerable that never thought they'd be in this situation. And that's okay. Everybody goes through ups and downs in our lives. You know, we've all had them. So to know that there's support out there where possible means a lot. So those two efforts that working with nailing it and then on this and we have a really cool fund set up because i'm on i need to i need i am the united way i need to talk about
1: yeah Obama. absolutely yeah
0: <laughs> and it's in the paper um oc family to family so all somebody needs to go to on is unitedwayoc.org okay. and you look at family to family and every um dollar that we get through that so at that e- equals $500 that immediately is turned into a debit assisted card to help a household that really needs help. People like Ashley just needed something to tide them over till everything got straightened out.
1: I'll put that link in our notes when we, when we post this podcast. So people will will go to that and we'll talk about that again in a little bit. Are there other organizations out there? This is a risky question to ask and probably even riskier to answer given, you know, that we all have our needs and and different areas that, that break our heart. Other organizations that you admire, that you not maybe pattern yourself after, maybe other leaders in the nonprofit sector in Orange County or around the country, other business leaders that you look at and, and really aspire to build some leadership uh, of your own based on what you see. There's a lot that come to mind. Tam certainly is one for me, and Charles Antis of Antis Roofing is another. And and I could sit here and start dropping names of people that I just adore. Uh, are there others that that um, that you'd like to not so much maybe give a shout out to, but just really genuinely that you look at their leadership style and, and admire?
0: Well, um, you mentioned two of my favorites, right? Oh, it's yeah. Certainly, Pam and Charles, inspirational. Our board chair, Steve Cherm, is mm-hmm. just so amazing, and the support he gives us, and the the council, and just his um, his brilliant way of being able to communicate and tell a story are just so impactful. If I look out in the community, um, I think Harold Herman in terms of Second Harvest is doing Mm -hmm. an outstanding job. And um, I look at business leaders, Mike Mike Misalem of Edwards Life Sciences and all the things that they're doing, the generosity from their foundations, the generosity of their people that work there. And their cafeterias even helping, you know, prepare food to, to give out to those in need. I mean, it's just extraordinary. I think we're blessed in Orange County to have a visionary group of CEOs that are really stepping forward. And I can't name them all, but Absolutely. I need all of their support. Auto Club, you know, that just, uh, there's just so many Pacific Life. I again, it's. Yeah. I am, I'm. I am blessed that there are so many um, people and organizations that care about Orange County. Um, and, you know, we're, we're happy to do our part to help ensure that the support is getting out to those most at risk and most vulnerable.
1: Yeah, two of the organizations in Orange County that, that helped form me a little bit, my first job in and then out of college was with Allergan in Irvine. Mm-hmm. And then probably the, the company that launched me in the path and the direction I'm in now is First American. Spent a lot of time at both of those companies who are just you know tremendous organizations led by great leaders and uh, just great cultures within those organizations.
0: Talk and to me
1: a little I, bit. Oh, yeah, go I'm ahead. i
0: just gonna also say that I, I would do a shout out Lucy Dunn for the OCBC Lucy, yeah. and Shelly Haas of the Community Foundation. Yeah. Consider them good friends and we um, get together you know, now we have to zoom, I guess, but uh, yeah. together quarterly, just to, you know, again, from our, each of our unique perspective, how do we can do whatever we can to help more people in Orange County together. So, yeah.
1: so other than zoom and other than, you know, staying connected that way with, with uh, Lucy and Shelly and your nine friends from, from Illinois <laughs> and, and family and so friend. forth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More than nine, but that core, your core click.
0: My core, um, my high school.
1: How has this, Pandemic changed you? Again, I, I'm the master of the two part questions. Part one is how has it changed you in how you do business beyond the the natural, obvious with the technology? But more importantly, what changes have you seen in you personally that you hope you will adapt and take with you out of this?
0: Can I talk about like how I've adapted to wearing jeans like every day from this? Yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's it's party on top and I'm <laughs> sweating on the bottom. Just so you know, yeah, I'm in sweats. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie.
0: I, I am really sad. I'll be sad when that day is over. Yeah, and, me too. Um, um, but let's see. I, I do think there has been this unique aspect, and I will have to go back to technology. But you know, we, you know, we talked about parents and my mom. Obviously, is a huge part of my life, and right. I'm at the other side of the country but I'm blessed because my sister is, lives near her in Florida yeah. when she's there. And so we, you know, I would talk to her once a week or more, but the, um, she doesn't text or anything. So just yeah. the perspective. So anyway, but we started Zooming and it's just wonderful that I get to see her every week. And I just yeah. love that. And so, and then because of that, we started, she loves to read. She's a voracious reader, which is why I think she's young. And, and one of our Passions um at united way obviously is reading out loud to kids and we bring books to kids now with meals and all that and i just love the fact that no matter what age you are how important reading is mm-hmm. i mean it's just and and it's keeping yeah. her, it's why really she's so smart to this day i swear yep. is um so we're doing a book club every other week. I mean, we see each other at Zoom, but we're reading a different book every other week because it takes me two weeks to read the book where the rest aren't working. So they-
1: Exactly, you plow through a couple of books. Yeah, it, right, you know, yeah. type
0: of thing. But it's just been a joy. We would never have, we would never be doing that. And so it's brought my sister, my sister-in-law, my mom and I kind of closer. We were already close. And one of my nieces has joined in on that. And I just, I just love it. We have a, a Zoom call with our grandkids and kids every Sunday morning, and uh, we've started to be games. And we have we have um, we've done scavenger hunts, we've done charades via Zoom. We last week we did riddles. Zoom, oh, and, fun! And it's really really fun. And again, we would normally have the calls and all that, but it's been something different about getting everybody together. Yeah. You know and my another group of friends and pretty much i met everybody through that group through the women's philanthropy fund i mentioned where we're doing a zoom cocktail hour on thursday <laughs> night like again we yeah. normally meet individually but we never could be all in the same place very often but now now we can Most of yeah us we're all
1: we know everybody's gonna be somebody was sharing with me yesterday says, said wow you're able to get all these wonderful people on your podcast and and this has been a blessing i mean i not that people are just sitting around, but it's a lot easier to get a Sue Parks or a Charles Antis or a Lindsey Snyder of In-N-Out or somebody right now because, you know, we're th- this is how we're doing business right now.
0: You're more accessible, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, people are a little more casual and, and freer, and you're not taking time driving. So work. Yeah. I mean, for us, our, our team members here, we are essential workplace, right? And so we have have the ability to come in. A handful of us have been coming in to try to coordinate everything we're doing. There's just, you know, we have a lot going on out in the community right now. Um, but I really like the fact that our, our people can work remotely and we've set everybody up and I'm in no hurry for people to come back if it's working yeah. for their lives. And I think we'll have different, obviously we'll have different parameters in the office about interactions as appropriate with the guidelines, but, um, you know, we're, we're in no hurry for people to come back. And I, and I don't think we would have thought that way before because it was just kind of the norm of the organization, right? Yeah. How are we repurposing events um, yeah. that we're doing the women's philanthropy fund our event and, and not just in a zoom call, we found that what we think is the best video production company. And we're, we're, we're gonna try to make it be the best virtual event that ever was. And so it's testing us in different ways. And who knows, maybe some of those things will, will continue as we move forward. Um, many of our programs that we do, um, we're doing virtual financial education classes for you know people we might've had case managers working with one-on-one, but they can't come. So we're doing classes on budgeting and all of those for some of our SparkPoint. We have virtual reading that's going on for kids through uh, some of our read aloud programs. Uh, we're so we're we're I think taking some of these things that were kind of forced on us to read, right. Think about pivot as the word is these days. That's the big
1: word, yeah, exactly. Word. <laughs> yeah, yep.
0: And um, but I think there, I think it's all good. And that re- I'm not saying why. Why is horrible. Yeah, the
1: why is horrible. Why is horrible. Yeah. yeah. But yeah.
0: uh, these new skills and this way to rethink how things get delivered is challenging, it's invigorating, and I think there's going to be some best practice that comes out yeah. of it, because we will get through this. We will be stronger. I mean, that is the nature of who we are, right?
1: Yeah, and I think that's what this pandemic has done and how a lot of us have responded. I think just everybody I know has responded. It's taught me, and this is sort of an aha I'm having as you're talking right now. I've thought about it, but not really been able to put it into words. That as human beings, we tend to be able to respond well. When adversity hits, I play a lot of golf. Not very well, mind you. (laughs) But when I golf, I I think about this a lot. That The the key to successful golf for me is it's the shot after the bad shot. Because there's going to be a lot of bad shots when I play golf. It's that next shot that's the most important. How do I recover from that? And I think that there's an analogy there for for this. You know, we so we're dealt this pandemic. None of us had anything to do with it. Um, hopefully, nobody watching or listening today is is spreading this. You know, we're all doing our part with the face masks and the stay at home order and so forth. But we're responding well. We're having book clubs. We're seeing our family more often. We're talking to our clients. We're having deeper conversations with people. Relationships are strengthening and building as a result so yeah it's 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 a like you said the the cause of this is horrible but the 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 net gain is just beautiful
0: yeah we'll have a lot to a lot of um, challenges ahead but there are going to be the learnings that we're going to be applied that'll make us stronger
1: yeah what do you see as your vision for united way orange county going forward i guess there's two visions there's the plan A, which is let's get back to whatever sort of normal might be. And plan B most likely is a combination of that word hybrid. You know, we're going to do a lot of in-person things down the road. Obviously that's going to come back. How it's going to look, we don't know, but I don't think this is going to go away either. This use of technology to stay close to people.
0: No, I, I don't think so either. And I, and I hope it does. It needs to be a blunt, right? Just We need to be wise as we move forward. Um, so, you know, one of the things out of this, I think it's always when you have a big brand name and the United Way is a brand name, and there might be people who assume they knew what we did, and but people in many cases didn't know what we did or the value we bring in a community. We've been here ninety-five years. My vision is we're here at least another ninety-five.
1: Yeah.
0: And we're 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 strong, we understand the greatest needs, and we'll bring together the right people to help make a difference and we'll pivot if we need to pivot, but we are all about helping orange counties, um, you know, people that are living in, you know, social disadvantaged uh, means to go from surviving to thriving. We like to say, and I don't, you know, and hopefully with what we're doing in homelessness, like we've housed, through this welcome homeless this apartment, um, getting the apartment association together and working with the housing authorities or for housing authorities here and getting everybody to work together. And We created Welcome Homeless which is what I mentioned when the unit that Matt put in that we were able to house those to him. We've housed close to 200 people, Ed. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's like people that were formerly homeless that were yeah. that would have been vulnerable to a virus like this. How do you stay at home if you have no home, right? Yeah, exactly. And so that's real tangible things that the United Way is doing. Again, we bring together these ecosystems to make it happen, but it's happening. And it's happening even while COVID's going on, we're getting people in-housed and it's good for everybody involved. It's good for the landlord, it's good for the the tenant, it's good for the community when somebody has a roof over their head, it's one less person we need to worry about, Right. right? Um, and again, on the pandemic relief fund that we're, you know, um, my goals, we're gonna help, you know, at least another 2000 families, hopefully more, um, get through this period of time and that they know this community cares about them. So I hope through all of this, that more people in Orange County know about their United Way and, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, support it or will come just to learn more about the work we do, and whether they care about kids and education, whether they care about helping lifting people up to economic opportunity, or they really care about the homeless, we are there, and whether it's their time, treasure, or talent, well, they they can help be part of a measurable difference that we're driving in this community.
1: Yeah. Give the website again, the best way to reach out to you?
0: Orange County, no, it is not, it's United unitedwayoc.org.
1: Excellent. And again, we'll put that in the notes. So we'll have that and we'll promote it as we push this out as well. I appreciate your time. I know there's a lot we could talk about. There's so many great things that you're doing in your organization. I know a handful of people in your organization and and, uh, you have a, a knack for bringing in the best of the best. You've got some people who are doing some great things and I've attended a couple of your events. Can you talk before we end about the event you have coming up next week again? The one you alluded to earlier,
0: yeah, the breakfast. Well, yeah. I, I will. I'll do a shout out. People go to our site and want to learn about our work. We have what we call our scorecard, and so we actually have the third score scorecard this afternoon. But they're all videoed, and so people can see this kind of body yeah. we work around children, around working families, and then around the homeless. Um, but yeah, next mm-hmm. week we repurposed our mm-hmm. our women's philanthropy fund breakfast, which are the honor of founding. 17 years ago or whatever wow. and it started with a couple hundred people and the last few years we've hit whatever capacity at the Hotel Irvine you know close to a thousand people at this event and it's the one time a year that we share our work in terms of what the women's group is doing here at United Way and the efforts we have that are primarily around um, community-based Hubs that we create, that all of our services are available to support families and children. It's pretty amazing. But the fun thing about this one, um, we were having him live, but now he's going to be live talking to Steve Cherm. Um, they're going to do an interview from their respective homes, back and forth, and that's um, the amazing Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yeah. So you'll hear a little bit from the kids of the work we're doing. You'll hear a little bit from us. Sorry about that, but I gotta share our story, and then they sure. hear from Kareem. So awesome. it's going kind to of be awesome.
1: That sounds great. Yeah, I'll do my best to be a part of that for sure. Thank you. And so, <coughs> it's
0: free. It's virtual. It's free to attend. Right here, yeah. And so why not learn about the work we're doing and maybe it'll inspire somebody to want to support it.
1: Absolutely. Well, the, the name of my podcast is From the Heart. Uh, play on my last name a little bit, but really the the objective of of why I launched this podcast initially was really to hear more. I always talk almost with every guest. So anybody that's listened to a lot of these knows where I'm going next. Um, To learn about you and your background, I can see LinkedIn and Google and I can do some Wikipedia searches. And trust me, I've done those, even though I got your college wrong. I apologize for that. Um, (laughs) I I always state, I know to you, it's it's, it's a big deal.
0: No, it's not. (laughs) Okay,
1: all right. But my final question that I ask every guest, and it's just an opportunity for you to share. So I'll just ask you right now, Sue Parks. What's in your heart?
0: Um, right now, Ed, you are. You are. You've inspired me. Now, seriously, every time I'm around you, you are one of those folks that definitely brings people together. You help people share their stories, and there's just this this immense goodness that emanates from you. So you're in my heart today. Thank you for. Mm,
1: letting thank you. Me.